now you get your Bible and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to continue a series that we started called New Norm. And it's kind of an interesting series because it's, it's a little bit challenging, and some of the messages, if you've been keeping up with us, are, are kind of a different way of thinking, and, and it may not even be your normal church series. Um, uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty up to speed on what pastors teach and kind of what's going on, not only in our city, but but in our nation, connected to a lot of pastors, a lot of different places. And, and it's not really a normal series. And, and the reason it's not a normal series, because I'm not so sure that me personally, I don't know that I'm happy with normal Christianity. And what I mean by that is there's normal Christianity, according to the New Testament, that we see like in the book of Acts. And then there's kind of American normal cultural Christianity that we see today. And while it's not a shot, I'm not saying that we're better or that I have some answer. I just started comparing the two, which gets dangerous. Right? And, and, and over here in the New Testament, we have people that will die for the gospel and they will be stoned like Paul. They'll get stoned, get up, go back into the city and preach again. Right? And, and then we have the, 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 new, the, new, the new norm or the old norm that we're trying to change. So in our context, it's the old norm. And, and that is like, I'm not sure I can worship today because the coffee's not hot enough. The, the free coffee. Oh, I don't like this song. Is it hot in here? You do have childcare for my children. And I'm saying that to be facetious, but when you read the statistics, in fact, we were in a meeting the other day with some people and they were talking about church engagement and they were talking about all these things that you need to do, supposed to do to get your church to actually be engaged. And, and of course me, like I am old school, it's in a new form, but I'm like old school and I'm sitting here thinking like we have to convince people to be engaged with Jesus. Like there's a way to do that. It's called get them saved. Like... That's what I did. I got saved and I'm like, I want to be engaged with him and I want to read the word and I want to show up at church and I want to be in life group and I'm going to give my offering. I'm going to give my tithe. Why? Jesus saved my soul. And now we're telling, we're talking to people who are, who are American believers, the Christians of America. And it's like, Hey, we got to figure out how to get them engaged with the message of Jesus. And I'm like, it's the big one, Elizabeth. I'm coming to see you. Y'all don't remember Sanford and Son, do you, Red Fox? <laughs> Anyways. And, and so for me, I, I, there's something in my heart that just believes that every one of us is called to do amazing things for God, that God has amazing purpose, and God really wants to take over the world, and, and we're his plan A, and we're the only plan he has, and the church is the hope of the world. And what I'm saying is if maybe normal is not getting us where we want to go, maybe we need a new normal. That's all I'm saying. And maybe we could start looking at some of the things that were very normal in the New Testament, and, and if we embrace that, that set of values and that set of priorities, then maybe we start seeing those results, right? Does that, does that make sense? And so that's kind of what this series is. So it's very challenging. It's, 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 it's kind of one of those, you just got to figure out what you want to do with it. You know, like if you want to be offended by it, you can. There were people offended by Jesus' message. And if you want to embrace it, you can. There were a lot of people that embraced. You just got to figure out what you want to do with it, right? And so it's a time, you know, in, in churchology and church culture, this is not the type of series you do at this time. Uh, in fact, you know, they like, I could go through all the stuff, but anyways, they're like, this is a high engagement time. This is people are coming back to school. They're coming back to church. And, and this is where you tell them the good stuff and keep them coming back. And I've hit you three weeks in a row with very challenging messages because I believe in you. 
And I believe that you think like me. Religion sucks. It'll send you straight to hell. Let's do something different. Right? And, and so I'm being bold and I'm kind of betting on who I think you are to even deliver these messages. Right? And every week I tell Julie, I'm like, I bet they won't come back next week. <laughs> I bet they won't, you know. But I'm betting on you because I believe in you and I believe that God really wants to do something amazing through this church. And I could go through all the stories and all the reasons why I believe that, but I believe that God wants to do something amazing. I think that God is pushing us into a new season. And, and for God to do something amazing through us, he has to do something amazing in us. And so when God is speaking to me, and I told you this last week, but God just spoke this word deeper. God is wanting us to go deeper so he can take us higher. But for us to go deeper, we have to cast off some things. We have to, to get very uh, intentional about some things for God to take us to the place that he wants us to go. And I'm not talking about trying harder or working harder. It's more of a spiritual posture. It's more of a place of surrender. It's, it's, a, it's a place of pursuing him in a way we've never pursued him and, and, and really... Um, grabbing a hold of his message and his values. And, and that's what I want to talk about today. So are you ready? Are you ready for that? Can you, can you handle one more? Um, all right. Um, Matthew 6, um, verse 31 is, is where I'm going to read. I'm going to read a scripture. Some of you, the, the moment I said Matthew 6 and I got to verse 30, you already had an idea about what scripture I'm going to read. And I'm going to read you a scripture that I've known all my life. I was probably born quoting it because I was born in church. Um, not actually, but I was in church. The, I was like born during the, the, whatever day I was born. That next Sunday, I was in church because that's how we lived. Um, and, so, and so I wasn't really born in church, but I was there as fast as I could get there. You understand what I'm saying? And so, and so I've heard this scripture, and you probably heard this scripture. But Jesus, Jesus gives us the secret, and there are many secrets. But he actually, he actually gives us the secret of the life we're all dreaming of, we're all desiring but it doesn't come in the natural way that we think it comes. He's actually telling us how to live a successful life. He's telling us how to live a satisfied life. He's telling us how to live a peaceful life. He's telling us how to live a prosperous life. He's telling us how to live the life that deep down inside you want to live, but to live it is completely contrary to what you've been taught, understand, think, or know. Are you with me? And so there's this, therefore, do not be anxious. Time out. Who's anxious? <laughs> Have you read Facebook lately? <laughs> Don't be anxious. Saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Time out. Those are not luxurious items. How many would agree? We're talking about substance or substance. You know, we're talking about food and, and water and clothes. Right? Those are not, I, I want you to understand, those are not luxurious items, right? Like those are, those are necessities. Those are the, the bare necessities of life, right? Baloo could sing to us right now, right? These are the bare necessities, right? Like for me, I, you know, being hungry and dehydrated and naked does not sound like a great adventure that I'd like to go on. That show Naked and Afraid, those people are crazy. So, so this is not like, I'm not into that. I want to be clothed in full. Are you with me? So, so he's like, don't be anxious about these things. He's talking about necessities. For, for the people, the Gentiles, and I'll say it this way, those outside the kingdom seek after these things. And your heavenly father knows that they have need all of them. Hang on, hang on. Watch this. 
But, now he's talking to people that are inside the kingdom. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I want to just, time out. I want you to understand, Jesus said this, possessions are not the issue. Right? Possessions are not the issue. God very much wants you to be clothed. He wants you to have something to drink and something to eat. Very much so. In fact, I would say that God wants you to prosper. That a prosperous church is a great testimony for a good God. God wants you to prosper. Stuff is not the problem. Right? Possessions are not the problem. What he says is the priority is the problem. This is not a problem of possession. This is a problem of priority. And he's actually just saying, whatever the priority is can determine the level of your anxiety. Are you, are you with me? And he's actually saying, hey, I want to take care of all your stuff, but I only do it my way. Are you with me? I call this message the principle of priority. And I'm going to explain a lot of things to you, and we're going to come back to this thought. But you can just kind of keep that open on your desktop, sitting there glaring. We'll come right back to it. But I, I want you to understand what, what Jesus is saying, uh, because it is the primary message. It's, it really is the only sermon he ever preached. He just preached it in a lot of different ways. And, and so Jesus... The only message that he ever preached was this message of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom. That's all he ever preached. And so I want to take this statement, seek first the kingdom that, that many of you have heard, many of you know, and I just want to take it apart and put it back together and see if it doesn't change its texture just a little bit. Are you okay with that? So let's break this down into the object, the activity, and the priority. Because in these four words, seek first the kingdom, there's an object, there's an activity, and there's a priority. An object, an activity, a priority. So the first one is the object. What is the object? Well, it's the kingdom. The kingdom. That, that's, that's, what it, that's what it's about. The kingdom was the singular focus of Jesus' life and ministry. It was the singular focus of Jesus' life. It was the singular focus. Seek first the kingdom. It was the singular focus. Um, it's the only sermon he ever preached. For, to give you context, Jesus said you must be born again one time. He preached over 130 times about the kingdom. It's more than he talked about love. It's more than he talked about joy. More than he talked about peace. More than he talked about heaven. More than he talked about hell. More than he talked about sin. His message, his sermons always kind of started with the same, the same phrase. The kingdom of heaven is like... Like the disciples would ask him a question. And he would say, well, the kingdom of heaven is like. He'd start a new sermon, a new series. He only had one series called the kingdom of heaven is like. Right? It's all that he preached. In fact, in Matthew 4.23, it says Jesus went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all who are sick. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel just means good news. The good news of the kingdom of God. is the, the only message that you have to understand this. Jesus is a king. And he didn't come to earth to start a religion. He came to earth to establish a kingdom. The Bible is not an explanation of the religion of God. It is the revelation of the kingdom of God. 
It's not a religious handbook as much as it is the constitution of a kingdom. Are you with me? And so Jesus is a king and there's a kingdom. And what's the kingdom? What's the government? It's the jurisdiction. It's, it's the right. It's the rulership. And so Jesus came to establish the rulership of heaven over the land of earth. In fact, I would tell you that was God's only desire and vision from Genesis chapter 1. God makes earth. And the first thing he does is he makes man. And he makes man. And he says, Adam, I want you to be fruitful, multiply, take, and take dominion. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, take dominion. What's he saying? I want, I want earth to look like heaven, and you're the guy. I want you to make earth look like heaven. But then Adam, of course, is disobedient, and Adam loses the right, and I'm going to use that word, the right to make earth look like heaven. Why? Because he, lo- he lost his right standing with God. Are you with me? So when God makes a covenant with Noah, it sounds like the covenant he made with Adam, only it's missing one part. Remember, with Adam, he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, take dominion. When he speaks to Noah, he says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Why couldn't he tell him to take dominion? Man had lost the right to establish the kingdom. I'll come back to that. And so Jesus comes, and Jesus comes, and he starts with this message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let me say it another way. The kingdom of heaven is now on the earth, but you've lost the ability to see it, to understand it, and to interact with it. Why is the kingdom of heaven on the earth? Because the king is on the earth. Jesus didn't come to earth as a rescue mission. Like all those Christians, like, well, I just can't wait till hellfire just burns this place up and Jesus just takes us out of here. <laughs> and all the little helicopters and the nuclear and just burns up and we can laugh at all the people who wouldn't believe us. <laughs> okay, you need to get saved, friend. That's what you need to do. You need to get saved and then read the Bible because the Bible says the nations are inheritance, that the king is coming back here to establish again his rule and reign and we're going to rule and reign with him right? Like this is about a king and a kingdom, not, not a religion. Every time we as a church have to check the box that says relig- religious organization, I, it's like my heart dies a little bit. Like, is that all you think we're about? Like we're here for a religion? Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> no, Jesus didn't come about a religion. He, he wasn't about a religion. In fact, do you remember how well he got along with the religious people? Not at all, right? It's, <laughs> no, he came and said, repent, because the king is here, the kingdom is here, so there's a kingdom present, and you can't really see it or understand it. You've lost that ability because you don't have the right, but I came to give you the right so that you can administrate. By the way, you know that ministry actually means to administrate. Yeah. Um, if you go to England, they're going to have this guy called the prime. Now, is he a religious institution or is he someone that administrates the kingdom? The prime minister has the ministry of administrating a kingdom. 
And so Jesus comes with this singular message, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. And then he goes about trying to teach people what the kingdom is like and explain how the kingdom works. Why? Because he's establishing his rule in the earth again. And then he looks at his disciples and he says, now I want you to go and preach. And what did he tell them to preach? Because he didn't tell them to preach about me. Now, before you write that mean-spirited email about how I'm minimizing Jesus, understand I will not read it. <laughs> but if it's therapeutic, write it and then press delete. But I'm not minimizing Jesus. He's the king. But he sent his followers out, and he didn't say, go and tell everybody about me. In fact, when he would do a miracle, he would say, make sure you don't tell anybody about me. That seems weird. No, he said, you go and preach the kingdom. You tell them the kingdom's here. See, Jesus is the door. He is the way. Right? But he didn't say, go and preach the door. Isn't that kind of what happens, though? I mean, let's just be honest. Like, man, we got a great door. You should come to our church. We got a beautiful door. That door has done everything. It is crimson red. This door is wonderful. This door has done more. For, ain't, ain't no door like this door. Can't no door do you like this door can do you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all remember can't nobody do you like Jesus. Y'all remember that. You didn't go to the right church. Anyways, here you go. Right? It's the best door in the world. Jesus said, don't preach the door. Let me, let me just help you. What if on the other side of the door, let's just imagine there's this warehouse, right? And you really can't see it, but it's real. And in this warehouse is everything that everybody needs. There is peace, there is joy, there is health, there is prosperity. In fact, you could say it this way, all these things are in this warehouse. And what Jesus is saying is, if you would teach people the warehouse, but we're teaching people the door. Now, the door's relevant because there's no other way into the warehouse. But the problem, I'm afraid, is we got a lot of people that found the door, got right inside of it, but they still haven't learned how to engage with everything that's in the warehouse. Are you with me? He said, go and preach the kingdom and then heal the sick. I've found if you get people out of their wheelchairs... They want to know all about your door. And they want to all, know all about your kingdom. Are, are, you, are, you, are you following what I'm saying? And so there's this kingdom here is what I'm saying. And everything you need is in it. But you have to learn how to live in the kingdom to access the things that are accessible only in the kingdom. And the kingdom doesn't work the way earth works. But the kingdom has dominion over the earth. Are, are you breathing? Are you alive? This is what I say. <laughs> One 
one of these days, I will preach with a GoPro on my head. <laughs> and I will put you on these screens, and you will see what I see. <laughs> Amen, brother. So Jesus came to establish his, his kingdom, his reign again over the earth. And what he asked us to do was preach the good news, not, not of the door, but of the kingdom. To preach the good news that there's a kingdom here. And where this earth has only lacked, this kingdom only has abundance. And the abundance is actually accessible from the earth. In fact, the abundance has dominion over the earth if you know how to access it. Um, the Bible says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. And if we're not careful, we would think that was about hours and minutes. Because it uses the word time, and we understand time. Right? But, but what if it didn't have to do with hours and minutes? But what if it had to do with the timing of an illustration? Jesus came during the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was very different than every other empire. Every other empire, when they conquered an area, they took people captive and brought them back to their country. The Romans did it differently. When they would conquer a land, they would send a military force in to stabilize it, and then they would send in a governor, and the governor would teach the people who had been conquered how to live as citizens of the country that had conquered them. So when Jesus was born in Judea, like born in Bethlehem, Jesus wasn't, was born into a colony of Rome. He wasn't born in Rome, but he was born in Rome. And Pilate was the governor. Right? And so Rome would, 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 would conquer an area and put a governor in place with a military, and they would start teaching people the culture, the values... The customs, they would change the currency. They would teach them the language, so they would teach them how to be Roman citizens even though they weren't in Rome. So what God did is he has this kingdom of heaven and he sent the king to conquer earth because it had fallen in a battle in the garden. And he said, hey, my people have been taken captive. I want the king to go and conquer so I can set up a colony of heaven on the earth, which was always my plan. So the king conquered, then he went and sat on his throne, and God sent a governor called the Holy Spirit who is here to teach you the culture and the customs and the value of heaven. He's here to teach you how to be a citizen of heaven, even though you're on the earth. Are you with me? Yeah. It, it, was, it was always, always God's, God's plan. See, I don't know if you understand this, but Jesus wasn't crucified because he started a religion. He was crucified because he claimed to be a king. It was political, not religious. He would say things like, if I'm your Lord, do what I say. 
But who was the Lord of Rome? Caesar. Well, if you're a king or a lord, you don't feel very good about another lord intruding on your territory. And he would say, listen, if Caesar's your lord, give to Caesar what's his. But if I'm your lord, serve me, follow me. If he's your king, do what he says. If I'm your king, do what I say. See, Jesus wasn't crucified because of religion. He was crucified because he brought about the clash of a kingdom. Two kingdoms collided. Because he said, no, I'm the king. I'm the Lord. Remember over his cross, it didn't say, here is Jesus, priest of the Jews. It said, king of the Jews. Right? And so, so he was a, a conquering king who was born into a colony of Rome to establish his kingdom. And that's why Colossians says, now in him we've been delivered. Where, what happened? I've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the, the kingdom of his son. Oh, I'm in a different kingdom. With different laws, with different rules, different customs, different values, different culture, different currency. See, now the Bible says I'm an ambassador, a representative, and I'm tasked with extending the government of heaven on the earth. See, believe it or not, I didn't get saved to wait on the big bus to heaven. <laughs> right? That's, that's not, it's not actually what we're doing, right? We're, we're, actually, we're actually ambassadors. We're state representatives, of a kingdom. And we are tasked with extending its rule and reign in the colony of earth. Um, Jesus said, said, Matthew 12, 28, he says, by, but if by the Spirit of God I, can, I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Right? If by the Spirit of God cast out demons in the kingdom, what's he saying? The kingdom of God's here. What's the proof of the kingdom? The kingdom of God is here, so it, it trumps the kingdom of the earth. Like salvation, freedom, deliverance, that's just the jurisdiction of one kingdom over the other. Miracles are the jurisdiction of one kingdom over... See, Jesus didn't do miracles because he needed to prove he was Jesus. He, he's very secure in who he is, believe it or not. Like, you cannot believe in him, and he's still okay. Like, he still knows who he is. Right? So Jesus didn't do miracles because he needed to prove he was Jesus. He did miracles because his kingdom, the government, the authority, the rule, and the reign of his kingdom overwhelms every other kingdom. So, for instance, in the earth, there's... The kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of darkness has some culture. It's called sin and death, sickness and disease. So the king encounters a man with a withered hand, and he says, oh, this is the kingdom of darkness. This is earth. But heaven's here. And I have a right to enact the influence of heaven over the earth. So stretch your hand out. What if I explain to you 
that as followers of Jesus, you had the right to address anything that didn't look like the kingdom of heaven and you had authority to change it. That praying for the sick isn't begging God to move as much as it is establishing his rule. That I have a right, if I encounter a person with a withered hand, as a representative of the kingdom that's over earth, I have a right to say, we'll be healed. Because the law of heaven is health and the law of darkness is death. And this kingdom is over this kingdom, right? It's kind of like, in Roman colonized an area, and then someone broke a, raw, a law of Rome, then they would be brought back into line with the law of Rome, right? Because Rome had the jurisdiction, so anything that wasn't Roman law had to change the Roman law. So Jesus walks in the temple and sees a man with a withered hand and said, that's not, that's not the law of heaven. That's the law of earth. But heaven has the authority over earth, so now there's a law of life and a law of health. Stretch out your hand. Okay, let me, let me try to explain it a different way. I'm not saying there's a healing. We look at it as a healing ministry, right? Oh, I don't have the healing ministry. Okay, let me back up. What did ministry mean to me? Administrate a kingdom. Who can administrate a kingdom? Anyone that is in right standing with the king. I'll come back to this, but pursue the kingdom, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Anyone in right standing can administrate the kingdom. So a healing ministry is not about, I've been anointed to pray for the sick. It's no, I'm in right standing with the king and thereby authorized to address anything that doesn't look like heaven. And I have a right to administrate heaven wherever I don't see it. (laughs) Are, Are you with me? Do you hear what I'm... So, so, so miracles are, 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 are not the gospel. See, the gospel is that the government of heaven has colonized the earth. Do you see what I'm saying? That's the good news. See, we spend most of our time preaching the effects of the kingdom. That's what Jesus is saying. You got to seek first the kingdom. Don't seek the effects of it. Like the reputation of a king is built by how well he takes care of his people. All these things will be added. God's going to prosper you because he's a good king. But you don't seek the stuff. You seek the kingdom. You don't preach the effects of it. Healing is the effect of a government. Prospering is the effect of the government. Are you with me? Peace is the effect of the government. So you don't preach the effects of it. You establish the government. The government will take care of itself. So, so, so miracles, miracles are not like, like religious achievements or religious awards. Because somebody asks, well, I've got to pray enough. Boy, if I just get down, I'm going to fast and pray until God finally, God, please. God's not asking you to beg. He's asking you to operate in the kingdom. And we're like, Jesus, please move. He's like, I did. 2,000 years ago, I came and conquered earth for you. I've conquered it. I've set up my rule. I've given you the Holy Spirit. Rule and reign. The kingdom of heaven is not coming, it is here. That was Jesus' whole message. 
When the Bible says we will rule and reign forever with him, forever is today. Rule and reign. You have a right. Right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness is not a religious word. Righteousness is a legal term. It means right standing. Because we're in right standing with the king, we can administer his kingdom. Are you with me? That's why Jesus' role was so important. Because the king came, he took your punishment, he was condemned with your condemnation, he was nailed to your cross, he was put in your tomb, and then he got up. He who knew no sin became sin for you. Why? So you would become the righteousness of God in Christ. Why? Now I'm in right standing with the king by the grace of Jesus so I can administrate his kingdom. And it's not based on my performance. It's based on what he did. I'm right with him so I can administrate what he tells me to administer. My God, that's good preaching. I'd lose my freaking mind if somebody preached to me like that. Oh, if my grandfather could hear me say, lose my freaking mind in church. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to go psycho Billy Ninja. Just... So the kingdom, so the kingdom is, um, the kingdom is our assignment. Righteousness is our alignment. Right. Um, the kingdom places us in citizenship, but, but righteousness places us in relationship. Because it's righteousness that grants me access to the kingdom. That, that's why, even though there's the grace of Jesus, like we just talked about, there's also my responsibility to walk circumspectly, the Bible says, to walk rightly before the Lord. Why? Because to the degree that I can walk rightly before the Lord is the degree that I have confidence that I can administrate his kingdom. That's why the Bible says, even though Jesus has paid for sin, it still says, if we do sin, we, we have someone who's faithful and just to forgive us, but we need to confess. Why do we confess? Because the Bible says it cleanses my conscience. It keeps me walking rightly before the Lord. Right? Yeah, grace paid for it, but, but I want to be responsible. Right? I want to have confidence in my relationship with God. So, so that, by the way, is the longest point, um, if you're getting nervous. <laughs> if I didn't know I was going to be here all day, this boy, he can talk. <laughs> so there's the object, and then there's the activity. The activity. There's the object, and then there's the activity. So there's the kingdom, and then there's seeking, see, seeking the kingdom. The, the activity, right? It's, it's an activity is what? It's active. He didn't say to sit in the kingdom. He said to seek the kingdom. I understand they're both verbs, but one of them is very active. The other one's very passive. He said, I want you to, to seek. In fact, this is a mandate from the king. It's actually a command from your king who is saying, here's how you live the life you want to live. Seek. Seek the kingdom. Not sit in it. Seek it. 
Are you, what, 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 is it, what does it mean to seek? Well, the word actually means to pursue with vigor. Now, I don't want to bring any condemnation, but, but I just want you to think about as we're talking about this, it says pursue with vigor. Are you pursuing with vigor the kingdom? Because if you watch Facebook, there's a lot of people pursuing with vigor all types of things. Right? I know I ain't saying they're bad things. Remember, possession's not the problem. Stuff's not the problem. Priority's the issue. But are you pursuing with vigor? What does it mean to pursue? It means, hey, with the kingdom, I just don't sit back and wait for it. I, I have to go get it. Here's what, here's what Jesus said in, in Matthew 13, 11. It says he answered them. They're asking him, why, why, do, you, why do you talk in the parables? The, why do you tell stories? And he said... To you, it's been given to know, look at this, the secrets of the kingdom. There are secrets to the kingdom. And you know what I know about secrets? You have to earn the, li- you have to earn the right to be trusted with them. Isn't that how you are, kind of? Like, if you want to know my secrets, then I've got to know I can trust you with it. And Jesus is saying, there's secrets to the kingdom. In other words, there's levels of what people understand about the kingdom, and the people that really get to know the secrets are the people I think I can trust with that information. Jesus has been given all the secrets of the kingdom, but to them it's not been given. For to one, the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But the one who doesn't have, even what he has will be taken away. And this is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they don't see, and hearing they don't hear, and they don't understand. Do you know what this actually means? It means for those who want to know, for those who really seek the understanding, for those who seek the secrets, I'm going to give them everything they want to know. But for the ones that don't want to seek it out, I'll make sure they never find it. God doesn't hide stuff from us, but he does hide stuff for us. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. In the kingdom of God, what you need has been provided. What you want, you'll have to go after. What does it mean to seek? Well, to pursue with vigor. It means to explore, to explore it out, right? To search it out. You will will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, right? See, you don't know everything about this country. You've not been to every place. You've not explored every landscape. You don't know everything about the Constitution. You have to search. You have to search it out. And I'm going to submit, you don't know everything about the kingdom. You've got to search it out. You've got to set your heart to understand. That's another word, seeking, understanding. Romans 8, Paul, Paul says the, the carnal mind is the enemy of God. Why is it the enemy of God? Because it can't understand the kingdom. It only understands earth. And the rules of earth don't work in the kingdom. Right? In, in the land of earth, tithing makes no sense whatsoever. Why in the world would you give the first 10% of your increase before you paid your bills, you freaking nuts. In the kingdom, it's the only thing that makes sense. Are you, are you with me? Like it makes sense over here, it doesn't make sense over here. But in the kingdom, it says, when you give the first part, it redeems the second part. When you give the first part, it blesses everything. When you give the first part, it guarantees the rest will be prosperous. Right? Because from earth to heaven, there's different currency, and the exchange rate is 
Are you, are you with me on this? All right. Okay. Are you bored? Okay. I feel like I'm working really hard. That's why, why, why 1 Corinthians says the person without the Spirit can't understand the things of God. In other words, here's the governor who Jesus said would teach us all things. He's teaching us what? How to live in a kingdom. Paul said our assignment is to learn to live as citizens of the kingdom in the earth. That's why he said Philippians 1.27. Above all. Do you see the priorities? Like what are you setting your heart to? Above all. By the way, just curious, you might, you know, fun exercise, go home, look at your checkbook and see where you spent your money this week. And see what you were seeking after. How you spent your time. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just trying to preach the same message Jesus preached. Paul said, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. Philippians 3.20. But our citizenship is in heaven. I love this phrase, by the way. Our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, from what? From heaven. From our heavenly citizenship, we await on a Savior. Not from our earthly citizenship. Are you in heaven or on the earth? The answer, yes. Because <laughs> Paul said you're seated in the same seat as the king in heaven. But you're standing on earth. So administrate from that seat into this land. So... We must become more aware of the government, constitution, moral norms, social norms, culture, custom, land, language, values of the kingdom. We must learn to live like kingdom citizens in the earth and understand that earth, earthly principles, you can't administrate a kingdom with earthly custom, with earthly values, with earthly priorities. It, it doesn't work that way. That's what Jesus is, is trying to explain. So God's given us the king, his son. He's given us the constitution, his word. He's given us the governor, his Holy Spirit. And now he said, live as citizens of heaven. Search it out. Understand, seek to understand, seek to understand the kingdom. Live as citizens of the kingdom. So there's the object, the activity, but here's the priority. And this is the whole message. It's the shortest point. Seek first above all, Paul said. Seek, seek first. First. Is there anything wrong with all this stuff? No, no, no. The only thing wrong is what's first. Because here's what he's saying. Whatever is first has the dominion to influence everything else. Right? Like, like for me, if, if money is first, then now lack has authority over every other part of my life. Is there anything wrong with prospering? No, no, no. I would submit that he wants to add all these things to you. I would submit that Jesus actually wants to show out in the way that he prospers his people. The problem with the prosperity message to me is that it's overcooked. 
in that we actually play on people to seek the wrong thing and feel better about it. He's going to add all this stuff. He's going to, you're going to get all this stuff. You get the yacht and the, and the jet and all that. And Jesus does not care if you have a yacht or a jet. He just cares about what's first. But when you try to get the yacht or the jet by trying to make him think he's first, are you with me? Like God wants his people to prosper, but he wants them to prosper in the right order. Do you see what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you? Like what he's saying is, hey, for instance, he wants us all to have peace. He said to his followers, my, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you, right? But you know what happens if I put peace first? Anxiety organizes my life. Does he want me to have peace? Absolutely, he died. He wants me to have peace. This is the difference between heaven and earth. See, at earth, whatever you want, you go after. <laughs> whatever you need, you go after. In heaven, you lay aside what you want and need and go after the kingdom and know that the king will take care of the rest. Right? He's saying, whatever this first thing is, has authority. Have you guys ever watched The Lion King? Sometimes I think in heaven, if my name comes up, the Holy Spirit is giving God a report on me and say, well, you know, he's a little unorthodox. <laughs> but, but he's trying, God. Yeah. All right, do you remember, do you, remember um, you know, Simba disobeys and, and, and the king dies and then Scar takes over, right? And when you put the wrong thing in authority, the pride doesn't flourish. The water runs out, the pride diminishes, right? Everything is dark, right? But then comes Simba and you get the right king in the right place and everything prospers again. Everything flourishes again. That's why Jesus said, listen, you want to be satisfied? You want to have peace? You want to prosper? You want to be in health as your soul prospers? Right? You want to live a full life, a fulfilled life? If you want to do that, it doesn't work by the rule of earth. It works by the rule of kingdom. And when you get the right king in the first spot, he has dominion to influence every category and facet of your life. You want to prosper? Get the king in the right spot. You want to have peace? Get the king in the right spot. You, you want to be in health? Get the king in the right spot. The first place is all that matters. And that's why he has to be in the first place. Are you with me? Jesus is like, I want you to prosper. I want you to be in health. I want you to be satisfied. I want you to fulfill your purpose. I want you to live out your dream. But here's how you do it. Seek first the kingdom. Put the kingdom first, and the kingdom will take authority over everything in your life. And anything in your life that doesn't look like the kingdom, you will have the right to adjust to look like the kingdom. But only if the kingdom's first. Does that make sense? Praise God. Why don't you stand? I'm out of breath. I really just preach until I get my pulse in my target zone. And once I, once I know I'm burning calories, it's like, well, we can go home. 
But, you know, I'm just wondering, what if we as a people, we as a church, like this, is, this has been, it's like irritating me. Because as a pastor, like Jesus, here's what Jesus is saying. As people of earth, the greatest challenge you're going to have is over what's first. Do you know the greatest challenge pastors have is over what's first? Because we're not careful. We think, well, a building's first. Well, uh, um, um, a, a large church is first or a particular thing or, or an avenue. Or, you know, it, no, 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 the kingdom's first. It's just the kingdom. Like it trumps everything. And so for me, it's been stirring me up. Like, what does it look like to seek the kingdom first all the time? Like, what does it look like to seek the kingdom first all the time? Get out of the bed in the morning. Like last night, I couldn't sleep, drank too much caffeine. <laughs> and, I, and I was just laying there. I'm like, God, so I can't sleep. So what does it look like to seek the kingdom first while I can't sleep? So I just started praying for you. Thought that was a good start. Right, wrong, or indifferent, it seemed better, right? But seek the kingdom first. And I thought, what, God, what could you do with my life if I abandon all these things that I thought were priorities and, and all these things that I thought really mattered? And I just said, okay, these four words right here, I'm going to try to do that. Seek first the kingdom. And I thought, holy cow, what, you, what could you do with a group of people that said, okay, we're going to try to figure out how the kingdom works so we're going to seek first the kingdom. And we're going to make that our highest pursuit. Right? And we're not going to worry about who's on Facebook and what they have that we don't have. And, and what trip they took that we didn't take. And what food. Dear God, I don't know why people need to post their food on social media. Nobody cares what you're eating. <laughs> it doesn't look good when you take a picture of it. Anyways, so... I may have been a, I don't know if that was kingdom. That may have been a Marty value, but, <laughs> but what, what happens if we just seek first the kingdom? Like, what if we tried to, to live that and say this was the singular message of Jesus, that there's a kingdom on the earth and we need to learn all about this kingdom and how to administrate it. And that needs to be our highest pursuit. Right? What, what would that be? What would that be like? I don't know. It might be that we'd all find the life we dreamed of. It might not look like what we're dreaming today. But it'd be so satisfying and so complete and so peaceful. Why don't you bow your head so...